Consumers Podcast for the week of March 12th, 2017. My name is Justin Hurd. My name is Nathan Steinman. And we're back. We are back. It's been a long time. Shouldn't have left you without a dope beat steps. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So technically, the, we're, we're going for a three-episode spread because we never actually put up the Doctor Strange episode that we recorded yeah. right before I got sick once. Good job, Justin. Thanks. And then the holidays hit, and then... <laughs> Kinda, it was a big mess. Every everything stepped up the, at that point. So well, lots lo- of things have happened. We'll lots talk- of lots of things have happened. We will we will be talking about those more in the next technical one of one of the next episodes. So. But for this week, we're going to be doing spoiler casts on Logan and Split. So um, we're going to do a Split first, and yes. then tune back in the Logan. At insert insert time here. <laughs> Our discussion for Logan starts at thirty minutes and forty nine seconds. And then you should record that in a really obvious. Oh, too. of course. So it's been a few weeks since I've got to see Split, but I literally saw it yet. So you're if if you're into the movie, you're riding high. If you're not, then you're just kind of whatever. <laughs> um, but for those uninitiated, I don't know how you wouldn't be at this point. It's so well at the box office, but Split is the new Night Shyamalan movie. The Shyamalan is back. Literally, like, I mean, he was number one for three weeks in a row, I think. Yeah, it did something like $260 million in the U.S. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. And that's one of those movies that, like, the trailer, it's uh, James McAvoy has three different personalities, though you only get to see about five of them. Uh, About seven. No, seven. Because um, they count Kevin as their Right, right, yeah. Um, but he abducts three girls, and then most of it is him interacting with them and jumping personalities, trying to figure out what's going on and try to escape. It is definitely show for Jamie. Oh, yeah, no question. Like, I love him as an actor anyway, especially in... Oh, yeah. Um, it's such a fucked up movie. <laughs> Which, have you read that book? Since I, I, I haven't got to read it. I honestly... The only thing I've been reading recently is... Uh, is that right? Yes, the Morrison. Yeah, more so. I'm all done with Volume One of Three. So Volume One's the biggest because I think it's like the second one. Yeah, because there's only two issues. I yeah, think, like that. broken up over volume, but uh, split. Yeah. So what did you? What were? What are your? Well, um, not talking about the uh, button at the end of it. Um, uh, even up to then, I absolutely loved it. Like I thought they did rings. I love how the personalities. You have a moment in the film where a personality reveals that he's been pretending to be a different personality and other characters are able to figure it out and you're able to see it in that personality. And then also see the reveal. You're, but you see the reveal and you see how he, it changes, how James McAvoy changes his body language and the way he speaks, the accent, everything. But you see, you can tell watching him, one personality play another personality. You can tell that there's a difference there with the yeah. way that they play. It's not just... Even though you've never seen the Barry... The, at, that, at that time, you haven't seen what the yeah. Barry... You see him later in a video. You don't know the difference between him and Dennis. But you can... At, but while watching it, you can go, there's something not right about this. And so, oh, he's pretending to play as Barry. And it's, it's so weird that there is that distinction there. Because it would be so easy for him just to play, to become Barry for those scenes, even though it's it's Dennis, right? Yeah. It's yeah. Dennis. Dennis playing as Barry. It, it's just like really, it's amazing acting. And I, I don't, I can't think of anything else that would put that on a character. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it, that, was, actor. that was probably one, that was probably one of my favorite moments at the, it's, I think it's the third emergency session in the movie right and she's and the psychologist has basically figured it no 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 and she's already just calling him. right she knows it's him and then she reveals oh you've already you've already uh, adjusted the chocolate ball. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and he even does things like no no it's me and starts eating the chocolate that Dennis and then yeah and then rubbing it on his yeah doing everything make it seem like well that that was during the second session and that's why mm-hmm. um yeah, because that's when she went to um, when Shyamalan makes his obvi- yeah. obvious and horrible cameo. I I, uh, I still it was the best meta joke about him because not exactly like that, and he just kind of goes Meh. like where he's just like admitting the fact that like yeah, I kind of bungled the last ten years of my career. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> With uh, half done movies that 
I've rushed into production. Well, he, I mean, the the thing I heard a lot from the reviews on this is that Shyamalan is a he's a character piece writer, yeah. and they've tried making him into a set piece yeah. director. Well, I think he tried to become as a director. I don't know. I mean, because the thing about the, the thing about the movies started to make after Sign. Even the village is made, but the, but I'm the water to, is more a character. Right. I'm talking specifically about After Earth and um, the, the Last, last Airbender. Yeah, I mean, or four movies. Sorry, I yeah. I still haven't seen it. Visit was a character piece. I've never seen After Earth. I've seen every comedy making fun of it, <laughs> or every like comedy review on YouTube that right. makes fun of it. Yeah, I've yeah. seen. I mean, and I've the only thing I've seen is the Last Airbender, but that was I think folding ideas completely, just ripping it apart. May not have been folded. I can't remember exactly. Oh, I mean, Nostalgia no. Critic literally has an entire. Month. No, it was him because he actually goes through. It like disseminates the edits and is like okay here's the eye lines here's how here's how ba- basic filmmaking works here's this. why this isn't even makeup come to comparable basic filmmaking <laughs> yeah and it looks at one point they're in the middle of a conversation nothing is achieved in the conversation he, the character moves and opens his mouth like he's about to speak and then they cut away and it's like um and never come back to the conversation nothing's ever mentioned you're a third of the way through before you actually get his name wow which and it's the characters in the movie. They've already traveled halfway across the world, like you do, um, together before he actually find. They finally go. Can I ask your name? And then off screen, the character goes, "Oh, my name is Ang, or whatever the, it is." The, like it's it. The obvious bad redub. Yeah, it's it is obvious uh, ADR inserted in there to make sure people know what his name is, but. In fiction, they've already traveled hundreds of miles together, and and only just now, and never asked, never asked his name, never got to any part of that. Presumably, have had many conversations with him, but have not done that. So it's just it, the big thing that Holding Ideas review does of it is actually go through and say, okay, who can we place the blame on? Um, here's the DP. Here's the stuff they've worked on. Here's the editor. Here's the stuff they worked on. Hey, they work together on this Oscar movie together. So obviously it's not them. Yeah. Here, let me tell you. Uh, let me give you a hint who it is. It's Sean. It's, yeah, it, it's yeah. definitely the yeah. So, I mean, it's actually, if you haven't watched that, that is an amazing, like, just complete teardown of the it. The deconstruction. The yeah. whole, the problems with uh, trying to adapt his smaller Hitchcockian style to something like yeah trying trying to play with that yeah. trying to do the john favreau i'm gonna make a small indie movie and then i'm gonna make the larger marvel movie at the time right right um so my i think with the girls my biggest problem is that really nothing happens with them like anya taylor joy doesn't really do anything i would i feel like the agent she's the only one that has agency because she's the only one that's given any agency right and so the whole time of the movie, and this is just because I've seen, you know, I'm waiting for the, what's well, a twist? Well, that's, that's a twist moment. Right. And uh, literally after like the second flashback, I was like, oh, it's, she's him. She's another I, personality. I, I, I honestly thought that immediately whenever. Oh, um, I did. They pull, they, they try and hoodwink you earlier. Because, well, it, it was whenever uh, he got into the car yeah. with them. Um, he doesn't do anything to her initially. She, yeah, and she just kind of sits there super silently, goes to reach for the door, and then he finally looks over at her and takes her out. I was like, oh, so she's the personality. Well, and when, when they first go into the two characters, two girls are on side, she's on the one, and there's a very clear fucking dividing line in built into the room of like, hey, this person, this person's not like the other. Right. You know. Well, and that does come into play later. Yeah. But it's not like, oh, hey, she's actually a hidden pretty. Yeah, especially after seeing the scene with the spoiler. We're going to go dive in. We're diving completely in. Uh, but uh, is the fact that she was, based on all the evidence. I was going to say, there's no question. They played, they got naked in the woods. And, yeah, you know. well, but for for a movie, did it, movies? Yeah, recent history that I think of, uh, which is weird to say that Shyamalan did something tastefully. <laughs> I mean, my problem, I guess, with that is that what I was more expecting was a "You're Next" 
sort of thing to happen with. See, I've never seen you. Uh, well, spoilers for your next. Um, it's kind of plays like a family reunion invasion where one of the characters find out against kind of all expectation. She is like a trained wilderness expert sort of thing. So she ends up hunting the people who are killing off everybody in the house. Uh, and so know, she becomes the Ripley. Yeah, she, she becomes the Ripley. Of, because she has the secret of Right, and that's kind of how it seemed like they were setting up Anya Taylor-Joy, but they also kind of established she, even though she has the secret knowledge, she's too passive to use it. Yeah, well, and she really owns the knowledge. Right, Well, the, but that's I think that's the issue we're trying to get at with, like, her using the shotgun. Whenever she had a clear chance to use the shotgun before the Beast came. Yeah. Or not after the Beast came out, but before the Beast reemerged and totally got Kevin up. Yeah, because he told her to go yeah. get it. So, um, I was going to say, other than that, I absolutely loved it. thought it was brilliant. I loved the button on the end, but not talking about the button. How did you feel about it? I've had a lot of... Con- i felt very conflicted since I got it. I felt like there was... Like, James McAvoy was really... Like incredible in some of the especially some of the scenes the characters are fully realized they're fully distinct like in a way that you don't really like if this was like a another director this would probably already be they'd already be like off-screening performance you know but because this is a genre film you're you're not gonna hear that kind of talk you know as far as but the complexity of the performance was very was very was really ridiculous i honestly couldn't i mean it might just be because it was a January release. Yeah. I mean, that's that's probably the biggest thing that's gonna shoot it in the foot. Oh yeah. But I would not I wouldn't be surprised if it did start coming that kind of conversation. Yeah. If it was in the long list. I don't think it'll make it to the short list. Yeah, but it'll it'll probably be in the long list. Because I mean and it also like shows that he can he could carry that kind of Daniel Day Lewis esque performance. Oh, I t- I mean I have not seen anything that James McAvoy is bad in. I, I well, I know, but I, what I'm saying is just the complexity, the research, the character development, intensity with which that it probably took to develop even just the seven characters so that they felt distinct on screen. You know, I I would say that's probably my biggest disappointment with is that they keep beating you over the head with twenty three and, and you see about seven. They should have just said eight. Yeah. I it's just that was what that was a script problem. I'm, it, well, it would have been it probably would have been better if they hadn't just had. I mean, obviously they had Barry as a video for the key reveal, yeah. which I did like. But for the other, like I did not like that we had the character who the history buff Orwell, yeah, and then um, he came out whenever kind of reveal of all the. The the war for the per- of the personalities taking up. Yeah, I don't like. I would have rather them had other personalities show in the videos. Yeah, and then well, have, they have the Jade character, but that was right. the only other one. But what I'm saying is, have some of the personalities show up in the videos that they watch and jump, between, and then have more personalities show up for just real quick, quick, real quick, just pow 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 pow. Yeah. Whenever she, they are up close and personal, and that yeah. way you can go. Oh, okay, there's a probably there's yeah, a personality. This guy, yeah. Rather than oh hey, just kind of recycle the same seven, yeah, and then fall back on three that we've had by the end of it. But I, uh, I'm will say that I'm intrigued to see which one. Um, the so the guy who shot the movie was actually the same guy who shot it follows, which I also finally saw for. And uh, the thing is, is like they're. They're fundamentally different by the stories. And the thing is, Split is still like good film. It's a well-made film. Oh yeah, every, I think you know? everything is suspense. Which is the same with it follows. It's a very well-made film, but it's 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 like an intelligent kind of genre. Well, it's a more thought-out version of the slash. Well, and, and even the curse films like The Ring, like it's both those. Yeah, but what's interesting is like, so you have this locked room mystery in a way, but the characters don't. All of the information about him comes out of the locked room. It's a beast involving the, the psychologist. Right, right. Which I felt like that was those scenes, even though they were well performed, even though they made sense most of the time, it was like, man, these you can feel the exposition drop. 
Uh, well, I mean, I, the, the and I'm not saying it didn't need some exposition. Well, the thing I was trying to do, what I was getting up was specifically what I think Preppy tries to escape. Casey. Yeah, whenever she has, to, she's hiding in a locker or come no, out. No, Casey's. Um, that has her take, you know, take off her shirt or has her sturdy. Him not wanting to look at her, but like oddly, like just stripping the clothing. And more than halfway through the film, you find out, oh, hey. He's a per, he's a pervert. Yeah. yeah. Like that character is a total. Right. So it's like, okay, well, that actually explains behavior of stuff that was happening yeah. earlier because he's not trying to rape them. You know, he's doing other stuff, but like he's he's, he's doing much more brutal mental right and men- than you were kind of expecting. But it's so slowly delivered. But but and it's kind of teased kinda, out. Of course, it- but it's like Anya Taylor Joe enjoy running, you know, and saying pee on yourself, pee on yourself, and you find out oh they dancing with it may have gone further than that if she hadn't done that. But oh, well, and that- also like it didn't even get very far because of he's such a right. And she doesn't even know that about the character. She just knows like. This is a way, this is a strategy. You know, some men, proclivity, that are a sexual predator. Right. But but it ends up playing directly obsessive, compulsive, cleanliness, and he's so grossed out by the whole. And that was the thing, is like, all the characters, when they have like genuine disgust, or genuine rage, it didn't just feel like, hey, here's this actor shows chops, you know? They felt like characters. Right, right. But I think the big problem for me was the fact that, and even... Though the speech that she gives, uh, the the psychologist gives, uh, in like the middle of the movie, plays into the reveal at the end. It was kind of completely fucking unnecessary. At the same time, like it was, I I think part yeah. of that is just trying to sell the universe with why one would need glasses and yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I know too much about DID from been fascinated by it. Uh, there's this great graphic novel called Cuckoo by a lady named Madison Clell, and it's really about her, like, like her personal story, her personal autobiography of dealing with being the ID, the abuse she suffered as a kid, and such a powerful, and it just kind of, I I thought almost, like, she was going to be the ID as well, like, even if she wasn't, going, like, the Casey character um, was going to end up turn. she was going to have a separate personality that comes out when she's being attacked. You know, oh okay. Like I, I if she wasn't going to be the third, the twenty fourth or twenty fifth personality of him of the of the Kevin guy, then I thought she was going to have a second personality. You know, that was going to come out and that was going to scare. That was going to be well. And the, I'm kind of glad they didn't go with either of the twists that I thought were coming. <laughs> right, and I mean the the one thing I would say with exception to the button at the end of the movie, which I probably need to talk about, yeah. but um, with the exception of that, the what I would consider the twist in the film is that the beast does exist. I know it's everything is hinting towards it, but that it actually is a physical transformation. Well, and, and the fact that like it wasn't a gargantuan CGI mess right. transformation. It was a very simple transformation. It was still a f- he still looked like James McAvoy. It wasn't a bunch of. I mean, it literally just, it was, it seemed like it was the, like, Jerry Maguire, or I mean, sorry, the Tom Cruise trick of doing, you know, 150 push-ups right before you film a scene. Well, but they all, I mean, they also very clearly enhanced his veins and oh, stuff yeah, digitally. Oh, yeah, the veins, yeah. The but, color. And, but muscles-wise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Making sure the muscles are, all the muscles in your back are toned, are, are, are currently toned up, and in that moment, you can see all the muscles and stuff. But then you also really don't see him put the shirt off in the whole movie. You don't. Until that point. So it's almost another very simple way of transitioning. But whenever he becomes Kevin, he is noticeably smaller and more just kind of skinny everyman. Well, and also just... Yeah, I mean, everything goes towards that. Yeah. Everything there lends itself to... But yeah, I mean, he obviously has something specific. And uh, you feel for his stunt double. Yeah. Well, the, the I mean, some of that was rotated, oh, yeah. rotated stuff, but I think a lot of the stuff is going up. Yeah, that was about to say the monkey. That was like, him. you can tell that was probably like a stunt double, like a this guy. James that's the only time you really, I was really like, that, 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 he's moving too different from what the beast has moved. Because even when he crawled along the wall, well, it, it, he wasn't it, moving as fast or as, yeah. But then they also, I don't know. They play, they play with it there. And that one is also, that sequence is more intimidation than anything else. Yeah. Like okay, hey, it's gonna be dark, so you're not gonna be able to shoot me anyway. Yeah. So fuck it. Did you like all the first person shooter imagery? Uh, I don't even. I can't even read it. At this well, point. just like 
every time a character had a gun, you would get the camera just behind. Oh, okay. So it was like, I was like, that's, these are first person shooter shots. And that might be why I didn't think about it at yeah. all. They're very, there's not a lot of, they're very simple, but I was just like, it was a, it was like, hey, that's a, that's a, an effective way of using first person shooter perspective. Right. Well, and so the reveal with um, Anya Joy's character is that she self harms. She's definitely been through the ringer. She's been abused. Yeah, and physically the, for uh, for an un, at least a decade. And the whole thing with personalities is that they were that if you haven't been if you haven't been tested or you, know, you haven't scarred, been damaged. Yeah, if you're not damaged, you're fodder. Yeah. You know, you're not in. You you're receive food. In, receive enlightenment being damaged. Yeah. And so um, he finally rips off her clothing which parts parts of her clothing which reveal you know the scars the scar you know yeah scars and all the damage to her skin and he goes oh you know you realize it but right before he kills her yeah and i will i will say that that if there was one line that ugh, was the you are pure thing yeah. i was like oh god that, uh, that almost took me out of the movie completely <laughs> like right i uh. will say that that moment uh if I had known, let's just talk about the button. So the button is this is unbreakable too. Um, well, it, yes, in the long short, the button is is that um, same universe. It's the same universe. Is there's a um, also news, there's a newscast on the television in a diner, and somebody makes a really clumsy saying, "Oh, isn't that just like the guy who's in the wheelchair?" Who they would they call him? Yeah, and then it reveals. Glass. Yeah, it reveals uh, Dunn, David Dunn, um, sitting at the end. He says, "Mr. Glass," and you realize, "Oh shit, this is actually a introduction to um, is a introdu- This is a origin story for a supervillain for Unbreakable Two, or what would technically be at this. Since this is very clearly Unbreakable Two in the way that because even the title Split Unbreakable. Well, the fact so. that Split, the way it's shown in on the poster, the way Unbreakable had the shattered glass. The, th- the, the way- thing, if you actually read into this, the thing is, is that the man in yellow from the, or what, orange man, the orange man from Unbreakable. Okay, yeah, I need to read. It's been too the, long. The person that David Dunn ends up um, fighting she, yeah. at the pool was originally supposed to be Kevin. That was the intention, was that... Because it's somebody who has a bunch of girls in a house, has killed everybody in the house, has some people locked up in the basement, and Dave Dunn is able to sense it. Hey, this kind of sounds a lot like, hey, there's the split, um, you know, there's Kevin with some people in the basement that nobody knows about because he's playing this whole thing and has it secreted away. It's a little bit different and unbreakable, but that but, was yeah. the original idea, and they realized we can't fit this character in here. It was too much. So this character has been around since Unbreakable was being made pre two thousand one. But I will say, like seeing the parallel just in the titles and just in the way you use the titles visually, and that was the other thing. It's like I was almost waiting. It, it only kind of happened at the very where it's where you got the multiple screen for a second when, when you saw the title, you saw the multiple all pop up of the same image, and then uh, and it only happened like once or twice, and then we cut back into. Because we get the prologue scene, then the title, and then we, and then at the very end, the full with the title sequence, you get all the multiple multiple images. I was almost kind of waiting for there to be for there to be more of that visually in the movie, of there being more of the multiple personalities that kind of like yeah. taking up different quadrants of the of the shots. And I think that would just be distracting. Well, no, it. but I meant like specific, like plan it out specifically where you have moments. As opposed to, I mean, this is probably above his pay grade kind of thing because that's probably why things like last airbender and stuff like that don't work is above his ability. But visually, something the biggest thing I just there wasn't a lot of atmosphere in until the beast comes. Like the beast, and like I was just kind of it just the production design was great. I mean, the movie's good. I just I and maybe it's because I watch a lot of Shyamalan going oh he's going to be a great film director one day that I don't I don't feel like it's a great movie I just feel like it's a good I think it's a great movie compared to the stuff that he's done since yeah, and, and then I might if, if I had 
cared enough to keep up with the guy. Yeah, I mean, you know, the like the happening. Like, I didn't even like signs, and a lot of people like signs. See, I like signs. Um, I even like the village, honestly. Um, the happening, the first half of it is great. Like, it is a really good, just like what the fuck is going on, super brutal horror movie. And then the last half is where it kind of starts. Just turns into the room. I'm, I mean, I wouldn't even say that. There's apparently some weird stuff like, um, I'm trying to think of what it, Zoe Deschanel, her character at the very end after everything's okay. You know, she looks at um, Mark Wahlberg and her pupils are actually in the shape of hearts. Like, little stupid stuff like that. And I, I got the cough syrup. I didn't even have cough. But, so... I think compared to the stuff he's done previously, it's an awesome movie. It's surprising, but with how well it's done, plus everything that's hyped up with two personalities, even if they had just gone with eight personalities, the way McAvoy pulls it off is brilliant. Well, and that's the other thing. McAvoy is a great... His performance, I could see making this a great movie if the story was just the... If there wasn't those kind of distracting... Like, I feel like the distracting scenes of the psychologist take away. See, I I don't think that. I think yeah. it helps build on it, and I think at the end of the film... With I feel like the, it gives too much. Like, there's, there's, there's too much. You know too much. I think by the end of the film, whenever it's revealed that it is, un, you know, in the Unbreakable Universe, for me, that helps recontextualize everything. All the weird stuff where you're just like, that's not how DID works. That's not, you know, this is... Oh, well, hey, there's 23 personnel. Oh, okay, he survived two gunshots to the chest, or two shotgun blasts to the chest, and he's escaped, and now there's a news report about um, them calling it the whole being like, oh, you know, okay, that's, like, that's a cool thing, but I figured it would be um, called, the, you know, the 24, or there's something else that they refer to them as, I can't remember. But once that's revealed, it's like, Oh, this all makes sense now. It makes it, it all blends together. It this it makes me excited to watch the film again, and also Unbreakable three to because Unbreakable is one of those unsung Shyamalan movies where everybody saw signs. Most people saw most of the other ones. I think like Unbreakable is very unsung now. The internet has gotten a bigger, much bigger cult following. It's still a cult following. It's one of those. I mean, for example, at work. Every single person I work, nobody knew enough about Unbreakable. Like, for nobody knew enough for me to talk about Split in any capacity. Like, there are people who are like, oh, I don't care about some movie. And I'm like, okay, cool. Are you, do you like any of his other stuff? I saw The Sixth Sense. And I go, okay, cool. How about Unbreakable? I never saw that one. <sighs> okay, so Unbreakable <laughs> is about this. And, like, talking to people, talking into seeing Split. And talking about Unbreakable and the ideas about Unbreakable, but without tying it directly into Split so that they wouldn't go in thinking that it was Unbreakable too. Plus them not knowing enough. Yeah. And it's just like, I would directly be talking about how amazing Unbreakable Get, I literally had multiple people at work going like, yeah, just totally Unbreakable, see Split. And they'd rent Unbreakable. And then they'd go see Split and go, holy shit. Or they'd go see yeah. Split and they go, oh, the thing about Unbreakable and part of the reason why it failed is that, one, it was a follow-up to Sixth Sense, and two, it came out before Super E's... And, and Super really before the comic book movie craze. Right, it came, out before, it came out before the superhero movie boom. So, it's a commentary on something that didn't really exist in popular media. And now it is... You're inundated. You, right. can't, you can't get away from it. So, it is a better film now that we are in the middle of the superhero, you know. Yeah. Well, and that probably doesn't help as like I was a comic book and I saw that and like, hey, you know, it's like a it's like a, a thriller about comic books. <laughs> well, and that and that's why it has a cult following is for people like us who are comic book fans that go, this is this was real this this is for ahead me better of its time. Yeah, ahead of it for me it's better than Six Sense. Like it's got a better world. I mean, I saw Unbreakable in theaters. Um I'm intrigued to see what the story is because you have the Invisible Man against the Horde. You know, if that's the story. Yeah, I mean, I think he did say that plan was to go ahead and do, you know, if the next Unbreakable as his next project. If you know, yeah. which I imagine will actually be called Unbreakable Two, but it's going to be the second in a trilogy. <laughs> Or the third movie in the trilogy. Let's see, and as I said, I don't consider it actually an unbreakable movie. It's a, it connects, you know, they're now calling it the Shyamalan universe. You know, they're not, 
most people aren't saying, hey, this is Unbreakable 2 because David Dunn's only in it. Yeah, but, it's just, but, uh, it's more connecting yeah. the two stories I, together. It's a side story. Yeah, but I also feel like since now it's gonna, it's gonna be, it's a part of that trilogy now, you know, you will get the most narrative payoff by watching all three. Oh, yeah. You know, but yeah, that was, that was split. Good. For me, it's good, but not great. McAvoy is over the top and probably nominated Oscar. That that would be my general review. I would I would recommend. I would say why it's worth it's worth watching. I definitely recommend it. Um, I would all, honestly say if you haven't seen Unbreakable, see that. Even without the uh... if you haven't seen Unbreakable and you haven't seen Split and you're still listening to this, I'm sorry. <laughs> so anyway, um, we also saw Logan. Logan. What do you think of it? I loved it. Feels weird to say. I I have not liked a single one of the Wolverine movies. I liked the Wolverine more than I liked X Men shithole. Uh, but uh, I still love Lee Schreiber as Sabretooth. That was that's the only thing that I wish I could just put Lee Schreiber as Sabretooth in X Men One, <laughs> so that we could have a good Sabretooth in Men One. But I I knew it was going to be R. I didn't realize how far they were going to go to the point of like. Oh, this is this is harder than the Netflix series stuff was, you know, like the Daredevil where the guy shoves his head into glass and you see it zoom, you know. Like I was like, this is, and and also the fact that it's more of a western, it's more of the samurai tale, it's more of that the lone gunman having to save, you know, have, being responsible for something. It's more lone one cub than the fact that he has to take the child around, but the child is also a trained killer and. uh uh, the interesting thing is, is when I saw the uh, o- Oklahoma City City Limits sign, I was like, what the fuck? And then when I saw the 15 miles to Ada sign, I was like, are you fucking shitting me? They really shot this in Oklahoma? I've been on that highway where you see Donald Pierce get out. It's it's by our friend Jesslyn's parents' house on the way to Ada. <laughs> yeah, I think it's more that they were just striding through. And but I mean, they, sh- they they clearly there was some clear like they used locations in the and in the central part of as a part of their whole. Yeah, I think you know, the, the, from what I saw, the main places they shot were New Mexico and um, Nolan. And then there's a uh, uh, and then there's clearly a location in Chicago or not Chicago uh, a location in Colorado. And then all the New Mexico stuff is probably all they call it South Dakota. Well, I think the New Mexico. Uh, well, I'm not actually not sure because I think technically I think the um, casinos were supposed to. The casino scene was supposed to be. Yeah, but there's no casino, right? Right. You'd have to be in. That was clearly probably in. Yeah. Or Las Vegas or some or Atlanta City, somewhere like that. But you know, it's supposed to be Oklahoma. Or ten years. Uh, 20, Twelve 20, years. Twelve years. Um, I really like the and realistically, with no reboot, no reboot, just. Ten years later, you can tell the story of the X Force and just follow those kids as older kids. Right. And you have X twenty three as a character, and you just follow her. Yeah. So you could technically call this a backdoor prequel to a series of movies that probably will never happen. But I was like, Well, they're a- they're talking about doing. I thought they were talking about doing X Force. They've something said with New Deadpool. Mutants. They've said X Force, but I don't think those are going to be the characters. You know. Well, yeah. But it does introduce the idea of X twenty three. And but I feel like. You could just keep that story go back at that time, though the timelines are so all over the place with these that none of them yeah, really I mean, techni- cut together. Technically, this is six years after um, Days of Future Past. Yeah, and X Men One is the only movie that really ties in to this movie. No, they. Um, X-Men I mean, Origins does only a little bit. I mean, specifically in dialogue, they talk about the statue we see in X-Men. Right. There's, uh, I'm trying to remember exactly what it is, but I know there is ref- there are references to... That's interesting, because Mangold didn't even direct that one. Right. There is a, sh- a shot of the samurai sword that he got in the Wolverine. Right. Yeah, I'm, I rented the Wolverine from work to watch the extended cut version. Apparently that one closer to an R-rated movie with it. Um, I've only watched the theatrical. Does it still have the Silver Samurai? I mean, it does, but my issue with... I really did like the Wolverine except for the last act. Yeah. Um, my issue with that was... The first half of it, I liked it. Right. My issue with it was the whole thing with the Wolverine that they do correctly here, which is whenever he cuts somebody, he is cutting people's arms. He is, yeah. you know, eviscerating people. 
um, ripping them in half. The biggest issue with the Wolverine from a just nerdy standpoint is that his claws would be he has lost his healing factor in the wolf but his in fact he keeps extending his claws and retracting them but he's not able to tell hey these are not actually healing shut yeah they, they'd be yeah. bleeding constantly he'd be in a lot more pain because he's constantly you know like hey yeah scar tissue would help um if he could actually develop scar tissue but with this he's actually he only just lost his power so. yeah it's like he's actually wound is starting to you know may not even have a chance to close up and he just keeps aggravating it and it's like he would notice instead he's getting shot four times and still moving forward like he has his he only passes out and still survives yeah you're like Okay, he's supposed to have lost his healing factor at this point, yeah. so... Well, it's it's not like it's starting to fade. It's it's supposed to be gone. gone. Right. Where, that, that where was... with Old Man Logan, it's like, it's not gone the way. He's most likely has came from... They they pretty say that it's the, the adamantium, adamantium poisoning. Oh, but, and... but it's also, it's developed some sort of cancer in the body. Because the way the doctor was like, we can help you, is that it has started... His healing factor is basically turned to trying to become a cancer. That's the way. Okay. Yeah, that's the way I started making. So, is that the healing factor keeps working, but it's not working as well because now it's turning against him. Right. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly what. Do you remember what actually happened? What the what was the cause? The big disaster in Old Man Logan, the um comic book. Uh, I don't remember the cause. I know the Red Skull was behind it. Right. Well, they, he I know. Caused him to I, freak out and kill. Yeah, yeah, I just couldn't remember if it was like they used Xavier to. I, no, they didn't use. Him. But some, some they used something to make him think all, all the all the heroes were the villains, villains, and so he killed all the heroes. But then they played it very much like Professor X killed everybody. Right. You know? Oh, I was thinking that maybe like it, like it's like extension of an X two. Where like we can have one of the uh, have one of the seizures and kill all the I mean, uh, they played a little bit with that. I think in Apocalypse as well. Yeah. So could have been something similar to that yeah. as well. I mean, it's also you, Kinberg is still Simon Kinberg still is connected, and he's written every. He's been a co-writer on every two. I think. Right. So uh, you know, I liked it. I didn't like um, Stephen Merchant as much as Caliban as I did the guy who played Caliban in. Yeah, um, I, Apocalypse. I, I, it took me forever to, like, I was like, he didn't seem like Caliban. Right. <laughs> like, Caliban's supposed to be much more, like, like, he can't, he doesn't speak right, he doesn't, like. Well, I thought that, that, that was the only mutant I actually liked in Apocalypse, was Caliban. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you know, like, this, this is an inter, this is the most interesting person you have in this movie. And you got rid of him too soon. And he was an original Four Horsemen. Yeah. So it's like, okay, cool. And then you get Steven as Caliban. You're like, and Richard Grant, he was, was he the one that was the hand teaser in at the end of Apocalypse? No, because Essex is Mr. Sinister. Right. So I think the end of Apocalypse is a loose reference to what they did. Right. That's, and that's Same way that the end of the Wolverine is a loose reference. Right. Not in any way correctly done post credit scenes that actually the universe. Because Essex would be Mr. Sinister, and Mr. Sinister would just be growing mutants. He's connected to Apocalypse, he's connected to the whole genetic expanding of the mutant race, not destroying. Well, you know how they like to invert things. Invert things, yeah. yeah. But no, he's clearly not Nathaniel. And that's well, I will, the whole reason why I mentioned it is because they use. And they called the, it intergen. Well, the reason I mentioned it is because of. I believe at the end of um, Apocalypse, he's at least you know they're he's collecting the blood samples, and then that's what they're. It seemed like oh, what like they he's, were, he's one of them. I, I, I they they didn't show Richard yeah, Grant, yeah. but but I'm, like they're insinuating maybe he was one of the people who stole. They took they were collecting all these samples, and they took they took them from right. So that that I, I could see that 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 would that that would be a plausible. I still think the next X Men movies. Even though they're saying Dark Phoenix, the clear Essex reference is like, okay, so Mr. Sinister. Yeah, there, I mean, honestly, I honestly don't know the X franchise. Well, I don't think any of the actors. Yeah. So. <laughs> Other than the young, the really young one, Taylor Sheridan. Like the, Cy- the new Cyclops, the new Nightcrawler, Jubilee. Actually, if I ha- I don't remember, but I think they're the only <sighs> people that signed contracts that are beyond Apocalypse. So. Right. Yeah. Um, overall, I enjoyed the film. I 
liked. I, I don't know. There's I'm trying to think. There's something about it that off put me, but overall, I did enjoy it. I thought they did a good job, especially with it being Hugh Jackman's swan song. You know, it's a, it was a perfect. It was a perfect kind of send off. Like it had the stakes that Sylvan have because, and it was also a small town story. Yeah, as opposed to I. As opposed to a world, they had to save the world. A mysterious floating up in the sky. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely refreshing. Yeah. There was a actual fight sequence that made sense. Uh, I will say, I think it's the clone Wolverine. Now, not X twenty three, the girl. Right. That twenty four. Yeah, X twenty four, the Hugh Albert. Jackman in mirror universe form. Well, it's uh, it's the um, Hugh Jackman a la Leif Schreiber. Yeah. Uh, he, that was probably the only element that I was like, this could be. Apparently the closest, um, the closest comic counterpart is Albert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is a cybernetic version, which they even play with because they show, um, everything. The arms and legs being separated. Well, but they also, they also show the camera, like they have a, um, screen of monitors in their thing, monitoring him going in. Oh, whenever they're sitting in the car outside, they're yeah. they're watching stuff through his vision going in there, and it's like, okay, well, this is. I was wondering if there were like when they when they said the uh, the uh, that they were going to do something that was totally. I thought they were going to do the machine man or Marvel character could potentially be owned by Vought, and he's fully he's fully mechanical, but you can cover him, and, and he would have destructive force kind of. That was coming haywire when I started. I was like, ooh, ooh. or they could have done Cyber, who would have been Cyber the Alter person with adamant skin and finger claws. So I thought oh, they might have um, done Cyber. The um, X Men Origins link was the bullet, the adamant. Oh bullet. yeah, yeah, the adamant to take off. It's only di- it's different. only took away his memory. X Men right, take and off it's, your head. Well, in this one, it's a hollow point yeah. bullet, whereas the other one it was. But that was uh that was the uh, the the clear link i forgotten about that right. being a thing in x-men origins but i think i've needed most of it already. yeah the only thing i other than the honestly the the most stuff i remember from x-men origins the video game and that's the one thing like honestly they made a um r-rated god of war version of wolverine x-men wolverine so, but only for video. Yeah, I mean, I I want to show you. I'll, I'll and, you know probably during the break for the next episode, I'll show you the trailer for it. Yeah. But what they did with it was they recreated stuff from there, like the opening assault where you have Ryan Reynolds and you have Will I Am and all them, like Will I Am teleports. Yeah. In the movie PG thirteen movie version of it, he teleports behind two guards and knocks them out. In the video game version, he teleports behind them, knives in the back of their throat. Very different through their spines. Very different. Yeah, and um, they make it so like Wolverine jumps helicopter blades and shear off his skin as he's taking it. Um, The thing they do in the game is that you, when they're firing on him, it shreds his skin away and reveals his organs. So if his organs are pierced, then you die. But if you're able to keep going without being that taking that damage, your skin will grow back over. And so it just makes it hard R game, game, a hard R version of the movie. And that's most of the stuff I remember from. It's just like, oh, like, this is awesome. I wish that they would come out with Old Man Logan version of the game. Now, that's just like, okay, cool. We're taking this concept that they did, you know, 10 years ago. Well, and you could do more strictly the comic book storyline and probably in the video game. Oh, yeah. With with all the superheroes and the banner children Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Uh, apparently, um, now I didn't notice because I haven't read the Death of Wolf, but apparently the suit he wears, because he wears a black and white suit with a tie in most of the movie, um, is a direct reference to what he wears most of the Death of Wolf. Okay, yeah, I never read that. Yeah, what was it's more recent? Um, right, yeah, it, that was going on right as I was uh, right near the end of my vintage talk stint. Yeah, and I, and I will say he that Wolverine is still dead. Yeah, X twenty three took There's, over. X twenty three is wool is the all new. There is an a version of the old man Logan character, right? Is a part of the Marvel universe now because of the way the Secret Wars took all the various timelines and shoved them on one planet called Battle, Battle World planet, or Battle, Battle World. Planet. Yeah, yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, Battle World. But it was an intriguing way to be like, oh fuck, continuity. Just shove it all together and see what happens in the Marvel universe if all these characters. But still, Wolverine is still technically dead. 
Yeah. But one version of him is in the universe, but he's not even an X-Man. The my my favorite part of the movie has to probably be Professor or Professor Pat- Yeah, Pat- I was going to say Patrick Stewart as Professor X. Um, I'm glad he got a swan song too. I did not a lot of people were like, oh, that one scene is going to be, from the trailer, is going to be his death. But it actually turned out to be a mannequin challenge. <laughs> I was like, it's the most brutal mannequin challenge you've ever seen. Right, yeah. <laughs> he literally fucking just rips through people's heads slowly um, as they as they have to, like, stare at him as they kill it. But I, I, I thought it was very interesting for him to be so childlike at, you know, I have to save Flora. We have to save Laura. It's like there's bigger things going on right <laughs> yeah. now. Like she's, she, you know, we have no uh, duty to this girl. And you have to save Laura. Like shut the fuck up. And then for him just to be cussing up a streak as he clearly yeah. lost his mind. And you know, I'm guessing um, Alzheimer's. I mean, they don't I, I directly think, say it. Well, it's dementia. The, yeah. Is well, dementia is different than Alzheimer's. But, so, I mean. But. But the seizures are also another thing. Like he's getting seizures, and he's starting to get the seizures are are advancing. With, right, but he's and, not wrecking. But he's, the seizure lose, causes him to lose control of his power. Right, but the main thing is, is that he's you know, as he says, I um I always know who you are. I just don't recognize you. Which you know, and he's not sure where he is or how long in there. Which to me was the stuff that hit me with like the Alzheimer's. He's actually losing his yeah. Grab. His grip on reality. Right. And so that was that was super Which it almost plays into that, except and there's the the clone killing him. Right. Uh, uh, he recognized that he finally remembers what he did. Yeah. And that 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 also And that um, was a great moment. That, that was I a, did not see that moment coming. I didn't that was a great moment. I also loved the, you know, him leaning into him as whenever Logan shows up and goes, I just it wasn't me. You know, yeah. I, I need you to know it wasn't me. It's like well, you know, like I, it was a holy shit moment that they yeah. did kill him. You know, I, I, the whole and that was the thing. The girl who holy fuck. How, how did James Mangle find a child actor that was one good, two could speak two languages, three three was willing to be covered in blood? And I, I mean, I, I that's the thing. There's not a lot of digital blood in this. Well, yeah, I mean, most of it's practical effects. The, the main thing, uh, honestly, I don't think she did that much. I mean, most of her act. I mean, it, it reminded me of uh, creepy Cameron Bright. Like, actually, creepy Cameron Bright was a better child actor for me. She didn't. For most of it, she just sat there stoically, uh, but or I feel angrily. Like, but I feel like. <laughs> but she had facial expressions. She had. I. She did. She did very. And I'm sure most of it was just very simple reactions that they could get out of her. But it's like the effectiveness of using her, and then the third act when she can actually talk, which is the big. I guess the biggest twist of the film, but also the fact that, like, I mean, she she was in a lot of those really practical shots, holding fake claws, shoving them. Oh yeah, I mean, I I like you're shoving in them. I mean, the action sequences were great. Um, no, the one thing the quarter to three guys meant is that um, they actually kind of expected her to, whenever they said that she was his daughter, for it to be literally Logan's daughter because she kind of has a um bit of a funky. No. Which I, you know, looking at her, I can definitely that. Yeah, the the big, the big white eyes. Yeah, kind of the the cheek structure as well, kind of reminded me of it. It was like, oh wow, how did they find somebody that looks similar in that age range that looks similar to her? And then it's like, oh no, it's because she was alive in um at the end of Days of Future Past. If that's was even the Days of Future Past timeline. Yeah, they. Um, I feel James like James Mangold a... said that he just basically kind of took whatever put it together yeah which would i was what i mean all this movie is so which i feel like is i i almost feel like they should just go with that approach of just tell a fucking good story i i agree my, my I, and at this point the timelines are so fucked up we don't need another well the, so the thing is is that the timeline should be easy now and the reason the timeline should be easy is is because they were simply before apocalypse came out the timelines were supposed to be easy because they literally erased Everything. Yeah, X Men One, X Men Two, X Men Three. Between the seventies, yeah. uh, origins. Yeah. Between the seventies and two thousand twenty-six. Yeah. Or sorry, between uh, sorry, twenty twenty. Yeah. Between those two times, oh, no, so it'd be twenty twenty-three. Um, between nineteen seventies and two thousand twenty-three, whenever comes back from you know the time from jumping back and being yeah. pushed back in time. I mean, the ending of Days of Future Past is. 
and yeah. you know is Xavier going with so much to tell you yeah yeah you're back yeah and, you know we have so much to talk about and it's like holy shit like this clean, should be easy clean slate and, and instead they, they gave him to Stryker even though it was Mystique who had him at the end of Days yeah. of Future Past it's well, like and it's like as much as I enjoyed Apocalypse. Uh, because I'm I'm on the way to Apocalypse. I don't know why still, but I think a- I think as I I think because it was just completely utter batshit, and and also just the opening sequence I think did so much for me as buying in buying the world of the movie. Like I was like, man, this is a re- they're really setting up Apocalypse. The the the, the, the third act's a weaker, the, you know, than it should be, and it's basically a big fucking thing in the sky it was magneto and yeah I, who knows I, the I, countless millions of people that died I, as i said i think the entire i think the opening the first act was decent i really like that the whole first section of the i i just i think is off topic once he starts choosing his angels or his horsemen that's where it was like i could see it. i mean if they had fucking grabbed caliban it would be entirely like, well and also if psylocke had been the even well even a character well i mean no uh, well my point is is like okay i can understand i storm is a stupid choice but i like how they brought her in well storm storm makes sense actually a lot of sense because what why wouldn't a god want to end up with the power to control weather right but it's also it's basically a new mutant that he's supposed to be choosing the most powerful of the thing now he's imbuing with power it's his first one i understand but then he goes to Caliban, who can detect the power levels of mutants. And find mutants all across the planet. And kills Caliban and takes the stoic, psionic user right next to him. It's like... And also, with Psylocke, he doesn't even need Charles Xavier. She's just as powerful a telepath as he is. He's, she just has slightly different telepathy. Right. So it's, Hers yeah. is more kind of mind control than, than Xavier. Xavier's isn't direct mind control. His is more... He can... But, but he can injure your mind where she can more control you. But, because, but they didn't do any of that with Yeah, her. but because of that, we then get Psylocke, and then we get Drunken Angel. Which, the reason why they did Angel was because of Archangel. But it didn't make it didn't make as much story sense. They could have done a better job with him to make him make story sense. That's that's my problem, is that they're... And almost, also to make him an X-Man who's quit. Because that's the fucking story, is the fall of Warren Worthington. Right. Is why he becomes Archangel. So, but that, so that's just my kind of everything is that Aft literally wrote it into Days of Future Past to make stuff simple. And then they convoluted it. And then they fucked it up by going, well, we have all these touchstones that have to hit with Apocalypse. Like, it was basically, um, what, who's the guy behind? Um, Kinberg? No, well, uh, fucking Tommy Kinberg. Brian Singer? Brian Singer. It's Brian Singer wanting, he was basically just wanting to do what he was going to do for X Men. There's so many touchstones, same stuff that. Well, there's stuff from X. There's stuff in X two that he redoes. Stuff that you saw in X three that was. So it, though, yeah. The problem was is that he had his idea of what he wanted to do, and he didn't take the. They didn't free pass it. They had were given. because what he really wanted to get to was Dark Phoenix. Right. He just wanted to finally do fucking Dark Phoenix the way he wanted Dark Phoenix, and exactly. they didn't, they didn't even get to do that. So, but um, and that's part of why I have an issue. That's my problem with the beginning. And so. If they are sticking to the timeline, which I know James Mangold is not, but for all of us who keep this time in our head, six years is enough for everybody to die and for Logan to have for the X Men comic. Like it almost actually does. It, it James Mangold is used the free pass, yeah, because it establishes that in this universe the X Men have our comics as well, and that people have grown up on, and they did wear the costume at one point, but then they possibly dropped the costume or they never wore costumes and that was just an invention. Right. I mean there's but, so yeah. there's so many like there's cool ideas in it. Yeah. And I felt like that was the one point that's the one time in a movie where they've talked down to the fans. Oh insulting there. It, it, it was the one time that I that I actually laughed at it. Because it really, what it is, is more a response to the fact that like, every nitpicked apart, nitpicked apart, nitpicked apart, nitpicked apart, and James Mangold goes, okay, I'm going to give you a movie that is still like these other movies, and it's a conglomeration of what I needed to tell the story that I had the idea for, but I'm going to do it in such a way that you're not going to be mad that I didn't just do old men. 
Yeah, but what I was just going to say is I wish that the time jump in the future... Yeah, like 20, 40, 45. Yeah, if it had been any more amount of time. Yeah, because I, I don't think the time... Well, if Xavier in his 60s, he, he'd be old. So I guess that would... That would that checks, that I'm would trying track. to remember why, how old he was in the original. It's a very unknown. He would have been if he if it was the '60s because of Eric Lyncher and him are of similar age. Right, and that's but that's what I'm trying to figure yeah, out is that is Eric Lyncher would be in his '60s when the first X Men movie because he was like seven or eight. But doesn't that take place? Um, I'm gonna look this up, but I know the first X Men does not play, take place in 2002. Where it came out. I thought it took place in the late night. No, I thought it like mid. I thought it yeah, took place later on. I thought it took place. It's been so long. So I I can't really sit through that movie now, so it's it, kind of painful. It's one of to try and watch it now. Oh, honestly, I just barely knew the X movies. I can. I think the uh, like uh, two. To, like I actually went back and looked at the covers, and it's so weird looking at Hugh Jackman on in X Men One, Two, and Three. Like in two, when he's not like the big giant huge buff guy that he's became. Yeah, like if you look at two. He seriously looks like a variation of like um, epic movie. Like he looks like he a looks like a parody of himself. Yeah, twenty years ago almost. Yeah, so it's but it's just weird looking at him because he's so small and the hair is so bad yeah. that they're still trying to do the quaff and the which they should have do- done, which they could have done better in the early two thousand. Of course, also just I don't know, there are so many things. There's just so many X Men. Right, I think. That's what's kind of strange about old man or Logan. I want to call it old. Logan. I mean, yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, strange thing about Logan, I feel like it was the best. Like as a like, no, I don't know. I mean, I I, I don't like X Men Origins. I like I like First Class and I like Days of Future Past. Oh uh, yeah, I keep forgetting about First Class. I think what always pisses me. I like First Class. I'm not saying I. Don't. I think what always pisses me off is that you have the fucking Hellfire Club and they don't do anything. They with don't it. fucking do anything with it. Also, here's a strange fact. Donald Pierce was a member of the Hellfire Club. Nice. Yeah. Which, I'm so happy we got the Reavers in a fucking X-Men movie. I'm like... It, just real looks like the original X-Men is set in 2004. 2004. Because what it doesn't say, 19, um, 19th German-occupied Poland, young Magneto. Um, 60 years later, U.S. Senator Robert Kelly attempts to pass yeah. Amy. Yeah, so 68, 68-year-old... Uh, a fifty something year. So it'd be seven five roughly. It's two thousand four. Yeah. So twenty five years later. Twenty five years. It, it'd be, be 70, eighty. Seventy. Seventy. Yeah. Eighty. Yeah. So, um, so not ninety. So realistically, it's more like it takes place in, in like twenty thirty. Shut up. That would have made yeah. more sense. That it would have given enough time, but it's probably because it was probably some fucking producer or fucking executive who's like, "You can't sit that far in the future. It won't sell." <laughs> I yeah. mean, the the only thing that's really a departure is the um, semis that are driving without. That's the only. That's really that's, the only future tech you see. And, and it's the weirdest contrivance ever because it could have just been a human driver that try accidentally runs. Wolverine. Well, but you know that they were they, they had to have some sort of future tech. Yeah. Other than cyborgs, because cyborgs weren't enough future tech. Well, I mean, essentially, I mean, technically, they have the sent they, you know. Hinted at the Sentinels multiple times now in different, so yeah. it's like, okay. And we've still never gotten, like, even what we got in X-Men Days of Future Past is not the proper Sentinel. Sentinels. Well, Apocalypse had the very end. All right, that in there, it shows Sentinels um, when they're going to train. Yeah, but it, it, you don't still don't get it. You still don't get the 20 foot tall. I fucking hated the fucking Days of Future Past. Days of Future Past is like X-Men Origins Wolverine for me in a lot of ways. All the 70s stuff I love, but everything that takes place in the future. It's like a giant, like, just quit, quit punching me in the face with how much you're pissing me off by killing this character. Any proper character, like Sunspot, like Bishop, like fucking <laughs> Colossus. Right. I had to watch Colossus die twice. I finally got a real, uh, a halfway decent Colossus and fucking death. So, um, what they have is, in development, they have um, X-Force, which has uh, Joe Carnahan directing uh, with uh, Ryan Reynolds co-writing it. Um. Um, Simon Kenberg is also of writing it because he's um, he and Mark Millar is over all of the Marvel movies that are Marvel properties and comic book properties. That kill X, us now. That X Men has, that um, Fox has, and Kenberg's over the entire. X-Men. So New Mutants um, is um, co-written by Nate Gwaltney, Walt, Scott Neustadter, um, Michael H. Weber, with Donner and Kenberg producing. 
The film will feature characters um, Magic, Wolfsbane, Mirage, Cannonball, Sunspot, Warlock, Professor X, Lockheed, and Demon Bear. It films this spring. That's ex- so what's exciting about that is I, I remember I was telling a friend when they, they were kind of rumor mill that literally the New Mutants as character, this is characters invented in the late 70s, early 80s by Chris Claremont. So he had a young team of X-Men you could write about are the most diverse cast. You have a character who's from of Asian descent. You have a character, a Hispanic from Brazil, you have, which is Sunspot. You have an American character, which is Demon Bear. Uh, Will Spain, who's Scottish. Uh, Cannonball, who's a southern corn pone white hick. <laughs> like, As you do. You got literally probably it's it's heavy on women and it's mo and warlocks and metal alien from their planet and Lockheed's a little baby dragon that Kitty Pride found on a ship. As you do. Random Right. Um I'm I'm excited about that. Like literally it's probably the movie I'm most excited about because it could be really good. It could also be the expert of Um the other thing and last thing probably to say about Logan is um, the names that she lists off, um, that whenever she's reciting all the names, yeah, are all names of different X Men throughout the yeah. series, which yes. is what all the other all and, the clones and, and Richter actually had the powers of the actual Richter who was a part of X Men. Um, wasn't wasn't Richter in Origins? No, remember there was somebody who was actually because they had the Blob, they had the Will I Am transporter character, they had Agent Zero. Who in the comics is an android? Uh, they had Deadpool, and then they had Wolverine, and, so, and right. then they had Gambit, and then the same origin they kind of give Cyclops in X Men Apocalypse. Yeah. So anyway, it's um. But that Rick, the the boy who played Richter, didn't powers and ability in the comics. Okay, yeah, Richter's not thinking about. It. I'm thinking about um somebody else, but I do not remember who it is. Um, on there because yeah, most of it. Oh, I was thinking of uh, Dom. Um, or sorry, um, Chris Bradley, the um, the kid who was able to electrocute. Oh, 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 yeah. He was Chris Bradley is a Bolter Maverick. He was in um Origins. Yeah, that was the word. So, but that that was another character who um showed up from Origins Wolverine. So, or was a ref- another reference, reference to Origins Wolverine. Yeah. So. Um, so overall, I would recommend Logan, like it's, yeah. it's a fitting into pretty much all the characters. And, and it's also a really good, yeah. for, it's a really good movie, despite it also a franchise sequel. Technically it is the 10th X-Men. Jesus, we're 14 and 14 about to be 15, 16, 17 in a Marvel and they haven't been going near as long. No, 2008 is whenever Marvel started. Yeah, so. 2001 is when. X-Men started, and they're only on the 10th film. <laughs> right, but they've also been um, exceedingly bad. Um, X-Men was actually 2000, so they've no, been going for so 17 years, and they're 10, 10 in. They're 10 in, and Marvel's about to get all the way to 17, only not even, not even 10, 10 years. years in. Yeah, imagine what their 10-year like, anniversary. Well, that's next year, and that's, yeah. that's probably at least three more films, so that's 20... That's up to derp to twenty in ten years, <laughs> right? Okay, so um, that's the long spoiler cast for Split and Logan. That is. So this has been the GPS Consumers. Uh, Nathan, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nathan Neutron or on occasionally on the Dubious Consumers Facebook page. I haven't really been on Facebook very much, but I try. And when I find an interesting video or interesting video essay, I try to post them to the, that page. Uh, you can find me at justindherd.net, justindherd.com, justinherd.com, at justindherd on all Twitter. All the Justin Herds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Facebook at Real Justin D. Herd. Um, I've actually started a YouTube channel finally. I know I've been talking about it for the better part of a year. I um, have two videos out now. Um, first is for a 2011 horror movie called Yellow Brick Road. The other is for Daybreakers with Ethan Hawke. You should check them out. Yeah, it's called, um, weirdly enough, Dubious Consumption. What? That almost sounds like a reference to this podcast. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> search for us on YouTube, like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Also, be sure to um, you know tell people about this podcast. The only way we spread it is through you. And, and we are 
back to at least a semi-regular schedule. Well, we'd like to say that. At least give us a couple of episodes, and then we can say whether or not we're on a regular schedule I again. Said, I, uh, well, I said right now we're we're at semi. We're not up to regular schedule. Well, we're working on Um, But, yeah, as always, you can find us wherever you download podcasts. Be sure to tell your friends about us. And, uh, Nathan, do you have a final thought? Go to the movies. Go to the movies.